coming together saying, let's do everything that we can do to make sure that at key points in these boys and young men's lives, we can invest in them and put their life on a very positive trajectory. And so, Ms. Jarrett, for those people that will say, what has taken the president so long to get here? What do we say to those people? Well, I think what you have to do is take a step back and remind yourself of what, what, what the president inherited. I mean, the best thing he could do for the black community, for the entire country, when he first took office was to save the economy. We were losing 750,000 jobs a month. We had the banks on the verge of collapse. We had the automobile industry um, that was also on the verge of collapse. We were fighting two wars overseas. Uh, so the president had to take several very bold steps, including passing the Affordable Care Act, which provides a benefit to so many African Americans who have never had insurance before, mm-hmm. and and right the economy. And now we've had you know 47 months of consecutive private sector job growth, uh, eight and a half million jobs. We're, we're on the right trajectory, and as the economy is growing, now is the time to make sure that nobody gets left behind. And so. This initiative has been in the months, months in the works, and we wanted to make sure that we had um, something very tangible to announce. And so I would say to the naysayers, you know, what are you doing? What mm. are you doing to help these young men? Rather than trying to turn this into a political issue and be critical of the president, look into your own heart and say, have I done all I could do, beginning mm-hmm. with your own family? You know, what kind of father are you to your children? Are you helping your single sister who has children, be an uncle to her children, your extended family, your block club, your community organizations, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Everybody can participate in this, and what the president pledged is he's going to do his part. He's going to make sure the federal government steps up to the plate, but the real change happens, uh, you know, in neighborhoods all across the country. We have mayors who are absolutely committed to helping this, including our own hometown mayor, Rahm Emanuel, from Chicago. Mayors all across the country want to help. Uh, local elected officials want to help. Everybody should be participating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you said something important, and everything is bipartisan. And, of course, our show is not one that is politically driven. But there have already been those naysayers that say, uh, I watched the interview with you and Bill O'Reilly, and he talked about what Mrs. Obama needed to do. And, you know, how do you speak to those people that are automatically going to say, basically without saying, this is not going to work? Well, I think that's almost always the case, particularly in Washington. People can tell you all the reasons why something won't work. But I think what was so extraordinary about the announcement last week is the president surrounded himself by young men mm-hmm. who are participating in a program, programs, both in D.C. and in Chicago, that are working. So there are success stories out there, and what this initiative is intended to do, it's not some big new government program. It's intended to help take to scale what is already working. And so the Becoming a Man program in Chicago is teaching these young men career goals. It's teaching them social skills. It's teaching them discipline and self-control and anger management and how to treat women and mentoring these young men. And they are just terrific. They're Mm. terrific. And so let's recreate that all mm-hmm. over the country and not you know it's it's real easy to from the sidelines be critical mm-hmm. and tell somebody what they should be doing but on this one the president's challenge is what should you be doing what mm-hmm. more can you do work with him he has extended his hand to everybody to say come work with me on this initiative shame on anybody who sits on the sidelines mm, absolutely 
And, you know, you talked about the young boys that were there this week, and we got all of the, the press and, and, and the articles that were written about it. Talk about what that felt like, the spirit of having those young men who would probably never have otherwise been able to even be in that type of atmosphere, let alone with the President of the United States of America. Oh, you know what? It was so special. He greeted uh, them in the blue room of the White House before he went out uh, to make the announcement. And he talked to them, and he said, look, this is all about you, and it's because I believe in you. And he said, and I was you. The only difference is... I grew up in a more forgiving environment, mm-hmm. but he, I mean, he's, he was very honest with them, as he has been in the past when he met some of these same boys back in Chicago when we visited there a year ago, and then he invited them to the White House for Father's Day last year, and he said each time, look, I was screwing up in school, I was angry, I was, you know, I, my father had left me, and I was being raised by a single mom with help from my grandparents, and I had a lot going on, mm-hmm. and so I know what you're going through. But I also had a mom who cared about me and valued education and grandparents who were staying on me and teachers who stayed on me, and they gave me chance after chance after chance. And he said, and I want you all to have what I have, because if you do, you can be where I am. And so I'll tell you one of the most moving moments for me was after the president's remarks were finished, he turned around to the boys who were standing behind him, young men who were standing behind him, and he gave each one of them a hug. Mm. And one of those young men would not let go he was holding on for dear life and all i could think about was he would never forget that moment he didn't want it to end that's why Mm -hmm. he wouldn't let go of the president Mm -hmm. and just what that would mean to him that the president of the united states the most you know powerful man in the world Mm -hmm. looks at you and he says i believe in you and i'm just like you so if if every you know to everyone and he spoke directly to the boys he said you know right to the camera for those boy young men who are here with me today and to those boys and men who are listening out there, I believe in you, and I want to invest in you. And what a, what a sense of, uh, you know, strength and power mm-hmm. and empowerment that should give all of these um, young men of color around the country. You know what, what we thought uh, collectively when we looked at his comments and we, we saw them, it was almost as if his honesty, my dad wasn't there, President yeah. Obama's honesty, that is. My dad wasn't there. I was getting high. And everybody wants to focus on that. But he was a young man, just as these young men were. But his honesty, I believe, is what really moved and will move other young men to say, he was me. Exactly. If he, he, can't, he can't pretend like he wasn't bad, too. I mean, I think... What we all want is a president who says, he didn't say it with pride. He said, I was screwing up, and Mm -hmm. I needed to get my life together and get it on the right track. Because a part of this is also telling those boys, it's going to be hard out there. Mm -hmm. And you can always come up with an excuse for why you can't do something. And you you can't do that to yourself. And we shouldn't do it to you. We should, we should dismiss the cynicism and focus on, um, how we can empower these young men. And so I think it was a very optimistic message. I think uh, that we have evidence-based programs that we know work. We have a lot of enthusiasm from the business community. We just need everyone to get involved. And so in the next 90 days, the president has called upon his cabinet 
to pull together the infrastructure for how this is going to work and to figure out how we're going to engage with the American people to put a spotlight on the programs do, that do work so people know, well, this this works, so let's invest in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and put this on a tight timetable because time is a wasting, and this is something that I know the president expects to continue long after he leaves office. Working with young people is just something that uh, is it motivates both he and Mrs. Obama, and so we want to get started right now. There's no time like today. So let me ask you this, Mrs. Jerry, before you, Mr. Jerry, before you have to go. A lot of people are saying, yes, this is a great step. This will hopefully change the trajectory of our young men. For all of those people that are listening around the world and in cities across America, how do mayors, how do uh, pastors and churches and fraternities and nonprofits how do they become an integral part of My Brother's Keeper? Well, it starts right at the local level. And I'll tell you, the, the afternoon of the announcement, the president got on the phone with about 14 mayors from across the country, mm-hmm. all who are committed to this initiative, and he challenged them to come back with very concrete plans. And I think we think this is most effective to engage at the local level, although my Office of Public Engagement here at the White House We'll have an opportunity for people to um, send in their suggestions, and we'll let you know when we have a website up where if you have a program that's working, tell us about it. Give us the evidence that demonstrates that your program Mm -hmm. is working. And I think that if you have local leadership coming together, but don't wait for somebody to call you. If if you're a local pastor, start talking to your congregation about what can we do. If If you're the head of a block club, If you're in a family where you know that there are some absent fathers in your extended family, what are you doing for the young men who are in your life? If you're a business leader, are you offering summer internships? And let's say you have five summer interns. Can you you do one more this summer? Can Mm -hmm. you just expand it by just a bit? Can you invite some young men um, from the neighborhood that you grew up in down to your office to see what it looks like to be in an office and go to work and have them talk to some people who look like them in the office? One of the uh, young men who works here in the White House said to me that, and it was such a wise um, comment, he said, children aspire to the expectations that are set by them, set for them Mm -hmm. by adults. Children aspire to the expectations that are set for them by adults, adults that they love. Mm -hmm. And so this can start in your own home, in your own community, in your own city, and mushroom out from there. Absolutely. Well, Advisor Jarrett, we want to thank you so much for joining. We want to thank you for sharing. And certainly, if whatever it is that we can do uh, to spread this message, my brother's keeper, we are absolutely on point to do that. Anything that we can do to be a help to uh, this administration and this initiative, we certainly don't want to just talk about it. We want to be about it. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate all your support. Thank you so much. All right, have a great day. All righty, you too. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Well, it has been an amazing ride this morning from happiness to, you know, to all sorts of feelings this morning. And uh, we just want to thank, again, the White House for being so accommodating and DC for really keeping us involved and advised about President Obama's initiatives. And we are getting lots and lots uh, of emails and information coming out of the White House 
And what our mission is to do is to share those things that affect our community and our world. And as we said to Ms. Jared, we are certainly not a show that deals with politics and issues of that nature, but what we do want to do is give people the information and the opportunity to get better. And My Brother's Keeper is absolutely one of those incredible initiatives where it's going to take everybody and people across the nation, people in cities everywhere are, are feeling that, yes, we want to get involved. And you know what? For more information, you can connect with us at our website at www.onpointcxmas.com. i got to get a break here, but we're back right after this. Hey everyone, it's Octavia Williams and I've just released my new single, God Will Deliver. God will The story behind the song is it was written eight years ago and I believe that it has now come out at the right time just for you and for me to encourage someone and to be an uplifting voice to someone. God will absolutely deliver us. Whatever the situation might be, whatever you're going through, He is the deliverer. And just like He did it in the days of old, I promise you He will do it again for you and for me. I know you're going to love this song. It's available right now on my Facebook page. Just click Like Octavia, O-C-T-A-V-I-A. God will deliver. Pick up your copy today at Red River Music in Alexandria, Nugent Music and Audio in Pineville, and it's also available at iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Hey, everybody, we want to thank you guys so much for spending what we consider to be the very best part of your morning with us right here on the official OPT <laughs> Network. The what show? The bigger show with the White House connection. <laughs> I love it. Hey, we love you guys so much. God loves you even more than that. Love yourself. And you know what? Give somebody a smile today. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? A smile is a language that we all understand no matter where we are. Hey, for Young David Christmas, for Big David Christmas, I'm Carlette Christmas. Have a great and a safe Thursday. And don't forget, be fulfilled. We'll see you right back here on tomorrow for Real Women, Real Talk Friday. Thanks, everybody, and thanks to all of our guests.